everyone. Welcome to Loving This Life podcast, hosted by yours truly, Abby Hillis, founder of ACH Events and co-founder of The Twelfth Woman, an advocacy group fighting for sexual assault survivors. This podcast is about loving the life that you live and 100% owning it and being happy with it. Each episode will include a guest or thoughts to help bring your dreams to reality, understand true commitment in life, and help turn some of your darkest days into the brightest years. So grab some coffee, some wine, or whatever tickles your fancy, and join me on this adventure of finding happiness and taking charge. All right, everyone, welcome to episode 21 of the Loving This Life podcast. I am here, your host, Abby Hillis, and today I have the rock star Jansen Jolly Miller on. I'm so excited to have her as a guest. She is just a ball of energy and light wrapped up into one person. And you guys, I'm just really excited for you to get to hear a little bit about who she is and get an insight into her brain because she's got an awesome one. Um, Every time I feel like I interact with her, I leave happier on a better note or more positive. Um, She's one of those people that just fills your cup. So I would love for you guys to get to know her. She's going to dive in a little bit about her story and who she is. And then we're going to talk all about just how she's creating positive habits, what she's doing in her life right now, and what I'm doing, and just how we're trying to uh, make it during this very weird, I just keep saying weird time because it's not really, it's hard to describe. So um, welcome, Jansen. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I've been wanting to be on your podcast for a while, (laughs) so I'm glad. I'm glad I'm here. Yay. I'm so glad you are too. So tell us a little bit about you, who you are, who you're married to, what's going on in your life. Yeah. So I, well, just to kind of start from the beginning, I am married to my husband, Sean. We have been together for, oh, a little over almost three years now. Um, Our story is very interesting because about uh, three months before our wedding, Sean actually got a job offer in California and we were in Oklahoma at the time, and I had never lived anywhere else except Oklahoma. So we did long distance engagement, which I do not recommend. For oh, anyone. we did that too. I don't didn't realize y'all did that. Oh, it was brutal. It was so brutal. And he actually went to work for a fast paced company in Silicon Valley. And anyone who has lived there or who knows people who live there, there is no work life balance. Um, no. So he he really got in this habit of like going to work for like 16 hours a day and like constantly having his phone on. So on our wedding day, I like kind of showed up and was like, Hey, good to see you. Like, here's your suit. Like, you know, I have my little suitcases cause we're going to fly back to California after our wedding. That's kind of how everything got started. And oh my when I showed up to this apartment that I had never been to and all of my things were in boxes and I had a workaholic husband who I had to like threaten within an inch of his life of like, homeboy, you cannot be working this often. Like you have a wife at home who doesn't have any friends and her family is 1600 miles away. And it was just a very, um, it took me a long time actually not to be resentful about Mm -hmm. the start of our story because I had all of these intentions and I had all of these expectations. I'm an Enneagram three. So I'm very much like, I I visualize what I want things to be like and Mm -hmm. being thrown into this world, it was really difficult. And I, you know, I encourage anyone who is in a situation like that, where you're, um, 
you don't really have a honeymoon phase. You right. know, you're just thrown into the throes of life of reality. Yep. Um, we had a great counselor. That's one of the things that we did right away. It's like we started marriage counseling to really build that foundation and to communicate because yes, so as it is so important. And I think there's such a stigma sometimes of saying like, why are you going to counseling? And it's like, I view counseling the same as a dentist. Like yeah. I do it as Amen, preventative sister. maintenance. <laughs> I, yeah. need, I need like that cleaning, you know, as a verbal processor. And that is one of the things that I think saved our marriage that and not being able to like escape to my parents or a friend's house when we were fighting. Cause it's like, you have to go buy a plane ticket <laughs> to right. go to go be with family. And so well, I think that people too, they also see counseling as like, that's like your hit rock bottom. You have nowhere to go. Like your marriage must be on like the complete outs and, or even on your personal, like you must be about to like be ready to commit suicide because you're having to go see a counselor. And it's like, I go to my counselor every other month just to make sure that I'm on like a good, in a good spot. And I am, but we still talk about things that I can be working on, you know, like. Absolutely. There's it's always crazy. something to grow. Yeah. And yes. people just, they have such a, there's a, there's this negative connotation to counseling. Like you're, you're only there because you have nowhere else to go. And that's actually really not true. And I actually wrote a blog post about it. I, I kind of started the blog while we were in California. I was working mm. from home for the first time ever. And again, that, that is not a great recipe. When you're, when you move to a new place, you should not be working virtually because you work is where you find that interaction. And so right. that's your first, even if I would have, yes. And I wish I kind of just would have like maybe even taken like a part-time job somewhere mm -hmm. in addition to my corporate career so that I could have that interaction. But luckily I do think that, you know, we can find purpose in every hard situation. And yep. I ended up writing a lot more. That's how I kind of broke into um, writing for different companies and, mm -hmm. you know, blogging with an authentic feel. And I wrote a blog post about the things that I wish somebody would have told me about marriage yeah. because I, I really felt like it was this club where everybody was like, yeah, that's so great. And like, you're going to love being in the club. <laughs> and so like they hype it up to be like the greatest thing ever. And marriage is great. But for us, it was very hard because of a difficult, you know, situation. And yeah once I got in the club, everybody was like, oh my gosh, now that you're in the club, we can tell you all the secrets, like the, the skeletons. And I'm like, wait a minute, did you just bait and switch me like <laughs> into thinking <laughs> that this was like the most exclusive, awesome club ever. And then once I'm in, you tell me like how we kill people, like this is crazy. And so that's why I'm really passionate about, especially like my single friends or, you know, women who I think we are taught to like, view marriage as this thing that's supposed to be like the ultimate dream, the ultimate goal. And it is great, but it's not the end all be all, you know, yeah. it's very, it's very difficult. And I don't ever want someone to glamorize it to yeah. the fact of like, it's going to change your life. It is going to change your life and it will grow you and it will make you a better person, but it's not something that you know, what people put on Instagram, which is like, our life is so fabulous. Like, here's a picture of us at the Golden Gate Bridge. And it's like, <laughs> um, I do love my life, but we work really hard. And that's just the reality is that with everything you have to have that intention. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I agree. I think the thing about marriage that people don't realize is like anytime you're committing, I mean, the thought of committing your life to one person for the rest of your life 
of course it's going to change you. I mean, like that's a big decision to make and regardless of who the two people are. And so anytime you would have to make a big decision like that, like there's not very many other things in this world that you have to commit to for life. And besides a child, um, like you don't do that for a car or a house. Like you don't buy a house knowing that this is like your forever. You, you have hopes that it is, you know, some people do, or they get older, like my parents' house, they talk about it's their forever home, but it, it could not be. I don't know. You don't know what happens with life. So I think what people don't even realize is just like taking a step back and realizing like you're making a commitment to be with someone day in and day out for the rest of your life. Like there's going to be trials and tribulations. And if it's just a cakewalk, there's probably, I mean, I think there's some relationships that are a lot easier than others just because maybe the personalities are more compatible. But at the end of the day, you're still having to like be around someone day in and day out for the rest of your life. And there's just always going to be some sort of hard conversation or something that's going to be had in order to make that work. It's just Absolutely. how it is. So. And I think too, like we need to focus on like as married couples, like, or if you're engaged or you're thinking about it, like go hang out and ask hard questions with people who have been married before. Because yeah. if they're authentic and if they're real with you, like they will do life with you and say, Hey, our first couple of years were really hard too. And mm -hmm. here's how we got through it. Mm -hmm. But it really takes being vulnerable and saying we're not perfect. Yeah. And that just goes back to everything in life of like, I think the more vulnerable we are, the more authentic we are. Mm -hmm. While it is scary, we are going to find more fruit. In Absolutely. Life. Absolutely. Okay. So you're in California, you're now married and you're, you're getting counseling and you're, you're trying to make things work and figuring out a work-life balance. Then what happened? Cause now you're back in Oklahoma. Yeah. So we, um, about two years after we were in California, we both just looked up and realized that Oklahoma was our home. I mean, we yeah. were flying back. We were racking up those Southwest points coming back like every yep. six to eight weeks. Yep. And I had a niece, like my sister had her first child. And that for me changed everything where I was like the crazy woman at Dallas love who would be like bawling in the airport every time I had to leave my sweet niece. Mm. And it just puts things in perspective of like, sometimes it's not about career. Sometimes it's not about like climbing that corporate ladder. It's just about discovering like what makes you happy. Yeah. And that's not going to look like what everybody else thinks it should look like. Cause we had a lot of people who said like, what, you're crazy. Like you guys live in this beautiful area and you're, you know, moving up in your careers. But ultimately the, the decision to leave was really about like, how can we grow as a couple and how can we really prioritize what matters, which in our mm. life was like our family, our faith, and, you know, a place that we know and love. Mm -hmm. So it just goes to show like your life, the decisions you make of the things that make you happy may not be what other people agree with, right. but you won't like, they're not going to be the ones laying on your deathbed, like having these regrets. Mm -hmm. You are the only one who's going to experience that. So if they're not in that arena with you, like they don't get a say. Right. So we're happy to be back now. Like life is good. Um, we adopted a dog as soon as we moved back to Oklahoma and we are just crazy obsessed with her. Her name is Murray, Furry Murray. Oh my and gosh. She's precious, but um, we, our favorite things are, you know, the lake and OU football. So why would we be anywhere else? <laughs> yep. Yep. Totally hear you. And I, can you talk a little bit about what you're doing now? Cause um, I know you're a marketing consultant for a few, a bunch of different other people. 
but you're also, you have your own endeavor that you're doing right now. And I love it. I think it's a really interesting way to um, help churches. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So I, back in October, actually, it's only been a few months, but I launched Emerge Church Solutions. And the story of that is, honestly, I was at a Tony Robbins conference at a personal growth conference and kind of had this, um, I call it like a CTJ, like I come to Jesus. I know Brene Brown talks about that on her, on her a lot of her yeah. shows, but yeah. I had this like moment where I just realized like I was playing so small and I had this dream in my heart to really, you know, help churches who have a great heart, who are authentic, who want to connect with new people, especially young people who want to be in community. Mm. Um, as a young person who I was, I knew exactly what it was like. I knew about the trials and tribulations about trying to find a church as a young single female. And I'd be like, I don't feel like you know what to do with me. So I had this dream, but I never pursued it because I thought, okay, my target audience is a bunch of men over the age of 50. Like they're going to think I'm crazy. I'm mm -hmm. under 30. I'm this like tall blonde female. No one is going to take me serious. And I, while I was there, I just had this moment where I was like, you know, life's too short. Life's yep. too short to pursue stuff that you're not actually interested in. And life's too short to always play by somebody else's rules. Mm -hmm. And so I decided that I was going to um, quit my job that was at a great nonprofit who was doing excellent work and I had great job security, but it wasn't my dream. Ultimately, I was you know, really helping someone else pursue their dream. And mm -hmm. I had this dream on my heart. And so I launched Emerge and really our focus is just helping them uncover new opportunities to connect with people. And that's through marketing, through helping with their guest experience, helping through their community building techniques, whether that's through starting a ministry or being in the community and helping with the local homeless population or, you know, having a special group or event for young moms or whatever that looks like so that people in their community can really feel plugged in and connected. So yeah. that's, that's been, that's been kind of the heart behind it. Yeah. I, I think it's incredible. And I know that you're specifically really good at helping churches with getting millennials back in the church. And I think that's really cool. And I identify with that very closely because I'm not someone that goes to church every Sunday because I struggle with the organized religion aspect of church. Um, and so I've actually been, um, I, I skipped this part, you guys, but Jansen and I know each other through Brittany, who um, I helped her with Wheatful Woman event last year and this year. And we're also um, doing the Affinity Revival together, um, an online academy. But Jansen, she has just this like awesome ability to analyze situations and provide unique perspectives and suggestions and uh, just consult you on where you, different ways of looking at things to make something more successful. And so I just think it's really cool. I think there's a need right now for churches to be reaching and doing different things and maybe kind of changing with the times, which I think a lot of times is hard for churches to do, to kind of stay up to date with society and things that are happening in society. I think back to like 10 years ago and if churches were doing online donations 10 years ago, everyone would be like, what? I cannot believe churches are doing online, you know, donations. That's crazy. But now it's like, we would expect it because it's the easiest thing to do. And who actually carries cash or checks with us anymore? 
Um, you know, so it's like, it's cool that you're ahead of it, I feel like, and just really trying to help. It's just cool. I just think it's a really cool, unique way to approach churches and helping with them and coming with, up with new solutions for them to be successful and um, stay engaged with a larger population. It's just cool. It's And it's fun too, because like, I kind of split my time between Emerge, you know, this church consulting firm, and then yep. also helping a few small business clients just to really build those strategies of like having a, having an outside perspective. I think it's helpful for all of us. Like I have friends and, you know, partners, you're one of them that I talk to people about my business because we can get so close to it, whether mm -hmm. it's our church or our business, we can get so close to it that we're, we're missing opportunities to grow because we're in the thick of it. Right. And exactly. when you have that outside perspective, when you have that person come in and say, you know what, I have no stake in the game. I'm a complete unbiased opinion, but here are some low hanging fruit. Here are some opportunities that I see. And whether that's a business or a church, having someone to really speak life into you and give you different strategies and opportunities to grow, you know, that's just, we have to not be prideful. I mean, I know it, it takes a lot of work when things are our babies and right. you don't want to, you know, if you're prideful, you're like, no, I'm fine. But if you're really open to it, you can expand your growth so much more because you're just allowing people to speak life into you. I agree. Which leads me to my first point about growth. Um, you're someone who to me is like a leader and being outspoken about growth. And I know that you have a huge heart behind helping women just really embrace who they are and pursue who their strengths are and um, really focus on themselves. So I would love for you, if you would share um, three things that you just do day to day that helps you keep you in a healthy place, especially right now, but just what are things that you've done that you can have continued to do in this time? And what are things that maybe you're starting to realize you need to keep doing and put more emphasis on? Cause I think you've, you're, you've done a really great job of creating intentional habits that keep you in the right mindset and keep you in a good place. Um, and I just, I would love for you to share what you're kind of doing for others to hear. Yeah. Um, I'm very, very passionate about personal growth and I, there are definitely some things that have worked for me and I will, I will be happy to share you, mm -hmm. share with you what's not really working. Um, the <laughs> things that I do, like my, my daily things are the things that to me move the needle. And one of those things is just gratitude. You know, like it's, it's now an ingrained habit in my life of every morning, a part of my quiet time, like before I pick up my phone, before I you know, really dive into work or even open an email is listing out those like five things to be grateful for. Because to me, that just centers myself. And like, even if I wake up on the wrong side of the bed and I'm off, you know, we all have those days where we're just like, oh, not feeling it, especially in this current season. Mm -hmm. But when we're grounded in that gratitude, we will always find something to be thankful for. Because Wait, even... Do you leave like a notepad next to your bed? Is that how you do it? Because I, na I naturally were like, oh, if I'm going to write three things for gratitude, I'm just going to do it on my phone. But that's actually a really bad idea because I'm immediately going to get distracted. So you literally have like a notepad that is like your first go-to in the morning? I do. I have a notepad. And once okay. I fill it up, I just get on Amazon and order another and kind of keep that process going. But I keep okay. that in the living room. Actually, like once I get my cup of coffee, it's like okay. living room, you know, next to my little love seat is my little area. And I list out those five things that I'm grateful for. And okay. some days they're elaborate. And then some days it's like, you know what? I'm grateful that I now get to vote. 
Like mm. th- thinking about that, you know, think it wasn't that long ago that women didn't get to vote. That's crazy mm. to me. And so sometimes when we just really lose perspective of how much we have, it's like getting back to the basics a little bit. And yeah. so I just, those five, I list every morning. And what's funny is once you create this habit, you will always be on the lookout for things to write the next day. It's like, I'll be going through the day and I'll be like, Ooh, yes. I just caught three green lights in a row on the way to this meeting. Oh, I'm going to write that tomorrow morning. Like you just start getting in that habit. Um, do you ever, so great. do you ever hit like multiple green lights in a row and think I'm going right the direction where I'm supposed to be going? <laughs> like, yes. Like, yes, law. Like, where he's, like yes. his hands, like yes. I'm on the right path, but, yeah. um, gratitude is a major. And then another thing is I list out every single day and I'm an Enneagram three. This is like I mentioned earlier, this is just my personality, but like, I have to have things to cross off. And I can get very derailed mm. on like, what, what do I really want to accomplish today? So I list every day, my top three. And I love that. I do it from a personal perspective. I've, I've always done it from a personal perspective of like, what are my top three? And that can be, you know, I'm going to work out today, but it can also be like, oh my gosh, I need to call my mom. Like I haven't talked to my mom in a week and I can just get so bogged down with stuff that doesn't matter. So it's just little reminders for me that I can come back to that evening but if I haven't done those things, just to knock them out. Yeah. Um, but it's, and now as a business owner who works from home, I, I used to do this in my corporate office is I had a whiteboard and I would write professionally, what are my top three today? Right. Because when they're, and now, especially when you're a business owner, you are getting pulled in so many directions right. and you can get so distracted by things that don't matter that really going back to that top three, it makes, it level sets you like, well, what is my focus today? It's not like not even business. Like I feel like maybe you, even if you are, whether you're someone that has a business or a career, maybe you could even do two top three lists, but even for someone like I'm thinking about my friends who are moms or just even single moms or single dads doing top three, like what's going to make me feel better and feel like I was, I accomplished today. Is it, you know, making sure I vacuum or making sure I, uh, organize the one drawer that drives me nuts or whatever. Like even for moms who are people that don't go to work. The, what like that's there you could still like I just because I work we, we both work out of our home and even for me when I walk through the house and there's something that needs to be done it bothers me and it keeps go adding to my list and you know I'm like oh I need to get that done oh I need to get that done so when I wake up what are three things I can do that I know need to be at the top of my list to get done to open up my mind space for other things I don't know Absolutely. I love that that is brilliant I think you could maybe even do it personally and professionally and have really like I for me at least I'm an eight I'm an Enneagram eight so for whatever that means in this top three thing, I feel like my mind immediately went, okay, I have three that I want to get done personally and three that I want to get done professionally. Ready? Go. <laughs> oh girl, I do. I have a personal, I do work and personal. Um, I love that. But it, it works. And so that's, that's something that I do that really level sets me. And then I will say like the big thing that I can't stress this enough is like when in doubt, move your body. I mean, when we're in those funks, especially now that we're all kind of like quarantined in our homes, it can be really easy just to like give in to that whole, like, you know what? I'm good here. Like I'm on mm-hmm. my couch. I'm good here. But when in doubt, like 10 minutes, that's my go-to rule is you can do anything for 10 minutes. And usually what happens is by the time you're, I don't care if you're jogging in place for 10 minutes or just having a dance party or whatever that is for 10 minutes, you're usually when I got like want to keep going, mm-hmm. like 
so even on those days when you're not motivated or you're like, you know what, I feel like crap, I really do not want to move, just go for 10 minutes. And that's something that every day is on my list. I don't try to say like, you know, work out for an hour. Like I'm not one of those people. I just want to move my body, start with 10 minutes up to 30 and then be done, you know, like Mm -hmm. just to get your endorphins moving. And I do believe that there's something about like clearing the funk out of your body. I think that that's both mental and physical because when your blood is moving, like when it's really pumping that like clean blood, like there's something to be said about the way that you respond. Afterwards. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. always going to be better. So just like when in doubt, get it over with, like knock it out 10 minutes. <laughs> you know, you that know. just reminded me of, and I know this, I know what, I know that I need to do what you, exactly what you're talking about, but I just realized back in college when, cause so I was a competitive gymnast. A lot of people know that, but um, I didn't get to do it through college. And when in college I'd get in the funk, I would just do a handstand. Cause I'd ha- I would say this whole thing like, Oh, I'm reversing my blood flow. And I'm thinking about it now. I don't know why I'm not doing it now because I'm kind of in the same situation as college where you're like at home studying a lot, whatever. I mean, yeah, you go out, but I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm somewhat similar place where I'm like, Oh, I just need to do a handstand. Why haven't I thought of that? So I'm totally going to start doing handstands during this time. I get that just like light bulb went off. I've got to start doing handstands. It brings me so much joy and makes my body so happy. So, um, thanks for that. I don't know what you said that, that ignited that, but little things of just like 10 minutes, whatever it is that you just need to do to move. I think you said the blood moving. That's what got it going. Mm, I believe it. But there's also something to be said too about, I don't want to come off as like, oh, I'm on every single day, you know, because my goal is to be intentional. Yes. But especially as a new business owner, I'm just going to be like very authentic for a second. As As somebody who's starting their own business in a field where like, let's be honest, if, if I was like targeting women. Oh my gosh, I got it down. Like I'll just Instagram you to death. But (laughs) with a target market that I'm very like not familiar with Mm -hmm. and like, where are they connecting? Where can I find these new people? Like, how can I provide as much value as possible? There's a lot of insecurities that come and I do not, I do not process insecurity. Well, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I feel all the feelings and all the highs and all the lows. And so something that doesn't work and that I'm realizing doesn't work is when you're in that rut where you're like, I just, I I don't have clarity. I I have a lot of ambiguity in my life. What, why am I not on the right path? Like you just start like really feeling all of those failure feelings. And what doesn't work for me is numbing out. Mm -hmm. Like I, I tend to do that where it's like, whether it's Instagram, whether it's like, Ooh, I'm just going to like have that extra glass of wine or like, I'm just going to like stalk that, you know, girl on Instagram, who's an influencer, who's my age, who's more successful than me. Like that does not work. And so while I'm starting to like realize that, especially in this quarantine season where we're on social media way more often than we've Mm -hmm. ever been. Mm -hmm. And when you are feeling those comparison feelings or when you're really just like trying to measure your progress with somebody else's ruler, which never works, Mm-hmm. You have to like get back to the basics and saying like, you know what, I'm going to reach out to a friend and say, Hey, I'm in a funk and I need you to tell me like, what do I bring to the table? You know, we all have those friends who, or if we don't, we should be finding them who really sharpen us and who, when we're feeling insecure, will not make us 
double down on those feelings who yeah. won't say like, Oh, you're just overthinking. No, I need you to know <laughs> that I'm not feeling great. And I need you to speak a little bit of life into me. Right. And I, I feel like I've pursued friendships. That's one of the greatest gifts in life is female friendships who right. build me up and who are in similar spaces where we all can get in our heads and feel those insecurities. And we have to have those go-tos to be able to call and say, you know what, I'm forgetting like what makes me unique. And mm -hmm. I kind of need you to just speak a little bit of life into me. Yep. Yep. And just remind me like, you know, remind me of the things that you enjoy about me or whatever that you know that I'm good at. I, yeah, definitely. I feel like I've enjoyed so much this last week of me, you and Britt just getting to work together on some stuff because I feel like we're all that for each other, which is really cool. And I'm learning that too, that those friendships that you can find that you fill their cup and they fill yours too, are the coolest friendships to have. And they're people that will truly, they'll really be there and you'll be there for them. And I don't know, there's just something about it when you're up, you can, you know, celebrate together when you're down, you cannot. And then when typically a person's always up when the other's down. And so that works. And I don't know, it's just really cool. People and friendships are definitely something that I think I took for granted before that I'm learning. There's a lot of depth to them and you have to find the right people too. And once you find the right people, like this sounds so bad, it makes the wrong people seem even more wrong. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> once you have great friendships, you will not settle for those like lackluster or like half authentic, or if you're pouring into other people and they're pouring back into you, you will not settle with being friends with people who are users. That's you know, so true. You just want. So true. I agree. Yeah. Hey, y'all, taking a quick break because I want to start spending some time sharing some of my favorite companies, products, brands, whatever it is during this time to just really share some love. So if you guys haven't heard of the sticker box before, the sticker box is a curated um, group of stickers that are designed by the owner, Abby, not me, a different Abby. She spells it A-B-I. Um, and she started it because she's a graphic designer and she just wanted to really promote uh, positive images and positive drawings and things through um, stickers. So she does it and she makes and creates them for businesses and different companies. But she also has some that are just different locations, Austin, Dallas, Texas stuff. Love her stuff. She's available online through her Etsy store to buy any of her stickers. And she recently started launching tie-dye tanks and crop top tees. So if you guys are someone who loves tie-dye like I do and it's coming back, head on over to her shop. She's got some awesome stuff there. And then together we actually designed a quarantine shirt that says quarantini and there's a martini glass on it. So head over to her shop. She is at the sticker box on Instagram and you can click through to find all of her stuff there. Thank you guys so much for listening and supporting local businesses. If you have one that you would like to share on here, I would love to hear more about your business. And now back to the show. I wanted to share one thing that I'm doing for setting intentions and, and habits. And for me, it, it's definitely creating boundaries. So I'm someone who constantly has to work on boundaries and using them and abiding by them and staying true to them. And it's, I'm an Enneagram eight and we just want to help everyone and empathize with everyone and um, worry about what everyone thinks. And so I am actually currently starting today after we finish this, I'm pretty much unplugging for the next week in regards to business. I'm going to be active on social media because that brings joy to me. But 
which is weird because a lot of people don't see that. But I, I like, I enjoy interacting with people like that. Um, but I'm just going to take a week off from work. I am getting to a mental feeling at the same place that I was at when I was dealing with 12th woman stuff day in and day out. And I don't want to go back to that dark place again. So I'm acknowledging that and realizing that. And a boundary for me is to be very intentional about what information and what people I let into my life for a week to just make sure that I can keep myself at a healthy place. And so that is insanely hard for me to put up that boundary of, I am legit not going to respond to emails for a week. That is so hard for me. So I'm just, I'm learning that boundaries and saying no and the power of a no to give, be able to give out the best yeses to people um, is so important. And just to making sure that I'm, I'm creating healthy boundaries and that boundaries don't always aren't a bad thing, which is how I used to see them before of like saying no is just such a bad thing. So that's my one thing that I, and honestly, I haven't felt better since I've put my out of offices up. I'm like, I feel already a weight lifted. So for anyone who is feeling like I don't even know where to begin, like I'm just in a rut, what's one boundary you, you know, can set up? write three of your, your top three gratitudes, top three things that you need to get done. And then what's one boundary that you can create that will provide more just calm and peace in your life. Mm, that's so good. Like you're like preaching like an essentialist. Like I love that book, <laughs> Essentialism. I don't know if oh, you've I've ever never read, read it. it. No. You're pretty much preaching what it talks about, which is how to be an essentialist, meaning like not everything is a priority. Mm-hmm. And we have to get back to really focusing on how to know when things are essential essential versus when they're not. Yeah. And in a world right now where we have email on our phones, which is bananas, you know, like 10 years ago, it was not the norm that people carried around work in their pocket 24 seven. And no. now more than ever, we have to learn how to set those boundaries and how to be an essentialist because no one else is going to set those boundaries for us. Right. Like people are just naturally going to push them because this is the norm that we are just constantly connected. So I love that you're doing that. Thanks. Yeah. I, and I think, I think there's some people that have a ton of boundaries and they're, they need to work on breaking them down, but that's just not who I am. I'm one of those people that I'm literally the exact opposite. So I think you just have to figure out where you are in your boundary journey, kind of what I call it and reevaluate and just kind of see what, what is best and needed for you. But I want to switch gears just a little bit, and I want to ask you, um, obviously, the the theme of this podcast is loving this life, so I always like to talk about things that people are doing and guests that come on that they're doing to make sure that they love their life. And for you specifically, I know that you're so just geared towards goals and achieving goals and setting, um, you know, to-do list and very strategic to-do list. And you talk about that a lot on the revive retreat when you go through your goal setting. But I want to know a little bit more about things that you've seen when you're, when you do it for yourself and you're setting your goals and your to-do list to achieve things that have worked that you implemented and things that didn't work and what you're doing now to be more consistent. So I would love to hear the highs and lows of your goal setting journey for lack of better words. Mm, Yeah. So For me, I know it started about five years ago where I started looking up and realizing I'm just kind of floating through life. I know we've all had those moments. Like for me, it was like, 
my diet was all over the place. Like my workouts were all over the place. I kind of had this like pendulum swing where I'd be like super, super structured and, you know, like counting macros, like so, so structured. And then I would like swing on the other end and like eat a large pizza and like drink an entire bottle of wine by myself on a Saturday. Because like when you're not mindful, that's what happens, you know, Mm -hmm. like we just lose that balance. And so I didn't really have any goals for work. I wasn't dating anyone seriously at the time. And I just felt like my whole life was just unintentional. And I know I use that word intentional a lot, but that's really my focus now is how can I be intentional with like the gifts God gave me and with my passions and my talents, but also like with just really pursuing my best self Mm -hmm. and being more self-aware. But my whole life, I will say like changed very drastically going back to like when we were in California, because I, that's whenever I reconnected with Brittany, who you are now in business with, which I love. Because I went to college with Brittany and I just kind of reached out to her one day and was like, you know what? I've been writing a lot about my journey and I feel like your audience could use this. Like, can I write for free for you? Like, can I just give you this? And I think it kind of. I don't think I knew that you did, like, that's how you offered it. I don't even think I knew that. That's so cool. How? Huh. Okay, keep going. The first, I will say, like, the first three months of Wheatful Wednesdays were just journal entries of mine that I had already written that I just kind of had this like knock on my heart that was like someone could use these or like you can be putting this out there but that's very scary because that's very personal but to me I, I started like leaning into like okay I'm now not working in an office environment where I feel the pressures to always be who somebody else wants me to be I'm kind of having to get back to the basics of like learning what sets my soul on fire yeah. And that was this moment of like, Ooh, like I used to love writing. Why am I not doing that anymore? Mm-hmm. And it all boiled down to the pressures of, I wanted to measure up for somebody else. And once I removed that pressure, like the love came back, the passion came back. And there's actually a funny story about when we were in California. And again, I had been working from home for six months for my job that was still here in Oklahoma. And they called me and they were like, Hey, we're going to do this photo shoot with a client. We need you to fly back. Um, we're going to have you here in the office for a couple of days. And of course I was thinking like, yes, like I haven't interacted with humans in a while. And my husband works all the time. And the only person I see on a regular basis besides Sean is Janet, the Safeway checker. Like when I go to get groceries every <laughs> single day. And so like, you know, Janet and I were, we were homies, but I was so excited to go back. And what I quickly learned, because I don't know if you know this about me, but my career started, my marketing career started in banking. Like I was a banker in high school. I was a teller in college. And then I like worked my way up the chain and became like a, a regular in the marketing department at this bank and a very close, like I was working in close proximity to the bank president. And okay. he was actually one of my mentors. So a lot of, I was like really good at the game right? Like having the face, like being able to say what people needed me to say and care what they needed me to care about, which is so annoying. But (laughs) so I used to be really good at like having this poker face of like poise and professionalism. And so I fly back from California for this week of work. And I quickly learned that I had lost all of my polish. Like it was all gone because I, Mm. if you don't practice it, it goes away. Right. And 
so I could just quickly tell that like things were getting very awkward and uncomfortable because I just kept saying the wrong things. And, and you know, this about me, I'm very sarcastic. I'm very witty and my, I'm just very out there. Like I put everything out there. Yep. Yep. Well, it's like when in corporate America, you can't do that. You have to be on a trajectory of what somebody else expects you to be on. Yep. Even with that's on a conversation. And so like we're at dinner one night and we're like at this big round table with all my coworkers and a few of like the clients and this waiter comes up and he said, I, can I interest you in a cocktail? And like, we were there to have like a glass of wine, you know, before dinner, just to kind of get to know each other better. Um, this whole group. And I was like, yeah, tell me more about this one. And I like pointed to one on the menu. And he said, oh, well, honestly, it's pretty like watered down. It's like really syrupy and sugary. And there's not even a lot of alcohol in it. I don't even know why it's on the menu. (laughs) And I look at him in the face and we're at a very fancy restaurant. And I say to him, oh, barf. Like, I didn't even think about it. It just came out. You know, I was like, ugh, barf. Yeah. And I look across the table and my boss is like mortified. Oh no. Because she's like, who says barf at a corporate dinner, dinner. where you're supposed yes. to like, you know, drink your coffee with your pinky up type of deal. Right, right. And to be honest, like she just expected me to have my game face on, which I used to have so clearly. And I just like sunk into my seat. Like, and I know that doesn't sound like a big deal to anybody else, but for me, somebody who's a perfectionist and an achiever and always wants to save face. Mm-hmm. That was my moment. And I, I went back to my hotel room and I'm pretty sure I like cried because I just was like, I felt all the feelings that I like used to feel as a kid. Like, why can't I be enough? Like, why am mm-hmm. I too much mm-hmm. yet? Why am I still not enough? Mm-hmm. And why am I over the top? Like, why can't I be more like so-and-so who's poised and professional and always has the right thing to say? Mm-hmm. And like whether or not like people share faith, I think everybody could kind of resonate with this, which is like, I, I experienced it as a God moment where he just kind of level set me to say, I didn't create you to be like somebody else. I didn't create you to be well-spoken all the time. I created you to be you. And you're so focused on being somebody else when in reality, you would feel free if you would just lean into who I created you to be. And I call that my authentic epiphany because I realized like I wasn't being authentic and that friction I was feeling in my life is because I wasn't in alignment with my true self. I was trying to like teeter back and forth between who people wanted me to be and who I really was. And after that moment, I just kind of really, I leaned in, I leaned into saying, you know what? I'm going to be exactly who I am. And that I don't want to use that as an excuse to be, you know, very like vulgar or, you know, to be unpolished just because like, I just want to lean into what is my unique personality? What gifts do I have? What do I bring to the table? And really pursuing that versus pursuing what other people expected me to be. I wanted to be on my own path. And I will say like, it was difficult, but my life has changed so like drastically that like my friendships have improved. My work has improved. 
I feel like everybody around me could kind of tell like, Hey, thanks for showing up to the party. Like we've been waiting for you to show Mm -hmm. up as yourself. Mm -hmm. So congrats. Yeah. I was just able to weed out those people who were only focused on knowing me because they wanted me to be a certain way. Yep. I have a, I have a similar situation to kind of going through corporate America and I, I was, I had a very unique and amazing opportunity that a lot of people would give a lot to be able to have the same opportunity that I did. So I don't want to sound like I wasn't, I'm not appreciative of the opportunities I were, I was given, but I do feel like in corporate America, you are kind of, your destiny is kind of predetermined by the path they see fit for you a lot of the time. And I think more and more companies are figuring out that embracing people's strengths and the, the great traits that they do bring to the table that the companies will benefit more from that and less from kind of defining paths for their employees. But I think that is definitely something that is easily easy to fall victim to in corporate America is just kind of like, well, this is the path I'm supposed to be on and this is where I'm supposed to be going because this is what they're telling me. And, you know, I, I brought a really cool idea to make a ton of money for charities that coincided with the company that I worked for. And I pretty much brought them a foolproof plan that didn't involve any money and an investment from the business standpoint and was going to provide a lot of good in the world. And I brought it to them multiple times and was shot down every single time. And I pretty much got to a place where I just felt like I was never going to be heard. And I wasn't going to be able to bring like the abbiness of life to my job into the company. And, um, I left that company and did a couple other things, but one thing I'm learning as an entrepreneur, one thing I'm learning as an entrepreneur is that I'm just, I'm a multi-passionate person. I like to do a lot of things and I've Jordan Lee Dooley is the one that gave me the green light. I finally, I heard her say this and it was just like, I, a lot of people in my life tell me, Oh, you do so much. You do so much. You're just always dabbling in a million different things. And I don't think it's dabbling for me. I do a million different things and I do them balls to the walls. Like it's not dabbling for me in the slightest. And that's just what I do. And when people tell me like, Oh, you do so much. I'm like, yep. And I love it. And that's who I am. I'm a multi-passionate person and it is who it, what it is. And I'm, I'm done feeling guilty for being a, a person that enjoys doing a lot of things and is, you know, decently good at a lot of different things. And I'm not trying to be conceited. It's just when I, if I don't know how to do something, I will do it until I figure out how to do it. And that's just who I am. So I can dabble in a lot of different things because that's how I approach anything that I don't know. So um, I definitely believe that the authenticity epiphany that you're talking about is, is something that can bring so much greatness into your, your world and your life. It's awesome. And I had a very similar, very similar experience. So um, definitely think that authenticity is what has brought the most joy into my life this far and just being the mom that I want to be and being the wife that I want to be being the business owner that I want to be and not really worried about what other people are saying about it. And it's really sad that like one of the practices that I do, I talk about this in the goals course in the revive retreat Mm -hmm. is, um, and I think I stole, I, I, this was an idea that I know a lot of different personal growth, um, people talk about is like writing your dreams as like in present tense is saying like, I am the owner of a successful church 
consulting firm. Like you're talking mm-hmm. as if like it's already happened. And mm-hmm. one of the things I used to write is like, I am like a sought after public speaker. Like I love public speaking, especially about goals and just helping women like I said, pursue their unique personality and lean into their personal growth. And one of my dreams that I currently still write is I am not consumed with other people's opinion of me. Yep. Like, I know that sounds like such a, a weird dream to write, but it's like, man, like I would love to get to this, the point where like, it just doesn't consume me. I, I never want to be like so dense that I don't think that it's still going to affect me. Like that it'll still have a tinge of disappointment when somebody doesn't like you or when you're not somebody's cup of tea, but I don't want to be consumed by it. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, I just want to see it, feel it, move on from it. And 100%. so that's where I think all of us are really working towards that point. So hopefully that's that. not that far off of a dream. <laughs> yeah, no, I think you're on the right track. And I love that you're doing that present tense. I'm going to, I'm going to start doing some of that. And speaking of other things that you're doing, I want to talk about this seven day intentional challenge that you are coming up with that I'm going to do with you starting next week. Can you share more about what that's going to be like? Cause I don't know very much about it, but I know that I'm excited to do it with you and we're excited to have others do it with us. So tell me what we're, what we're doing next week. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I'll just tell you, it all stemmed from the fact that I was waking up just feeling like I was not in control of my day. And I think we're all experiencing a little bit of that tinge right now where it's like, what am I just want someone to tell me what to do today. Yes. To oh my gosh. Yes. Like give me a platter full of like, like a game plan of what I can do today to be intentional. And so I really created this for myself because I wanted a roadmap of like just for seven days to do things that are maybe not even about me, but that just spread joy. Absolutely. Not to like be productive, but just to be positive. Mm -hmm. And so I created this seven day challenge for myself that I, you know, wanted to share with other people who are going through the same thing who are craving that structure and who want to be able to put more joy into the world than what we're currently consuming. And so each day of the challenge is like a daily email for seven days with a simple intention to complete that day. So the point is that they're like quick, easy to the point, and they can stem from anywhere to like, you know, leaving reviews for three small businesses that you love, because that's something that really makes a difference. And it doesn't take that long, but for a small business, a review is a gold mine. But we often don't slow down long enough to think about that being an intention mm-hmm. for us. Mm-hmm. So just, you know, anywhere from that to just three little quick one to two minute things that we can do to move the needle and to have a more purpose driven day. And so, like I said, each day you just get like a quick little email that tells you exactly what to do. And then you have like for the seven days, you have like three things that you're supposed to do every single day that cumulatively take less than an hour that really move the needle for your life. So love this. back to the basics, you know what I mean? Of just like yeah. live with purpose and stop being so focused on like productivity and being more focused on the things that help us create a positive legacy. I love that. Oh, and I I think too, for me, part of, I'm really bad with reverse psychology. So if you tell me I can't do something, all I want to do is that exact thing. So you tell me I can't see people. And right now, 
Like if you told me I had, I was going to go a month without seeing people unintentionally, I'd probably be fine. But now telling me I can't see people and hug them for a month, I'm, I'm cratering. And I focus on the fact that I can't do that. So I'm excited for this because I feel like I'm going to be able to focus on the things that I can do right now instead of being just told, you can't see people, you can't come in six feet of people, you can't hug people, blah, 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 blah. And now instead I get to be like, well, I may not be able to hug, but I can write a letter or I can, you know, send a text message or whatever it is. So I'm stoked. This is perfect. Awesome. I'm so excited. There's also, I put this in there again, just for myself, but I'm hoping other people can find some inspiration in it, that there's nothing wrong with rocking yoga pants every day. I mean, I did it before the quarantine, right? Like <laughs> ditto as, sister, me too. Small, small business owners, like we're not dressing up every day. Like give me a break. But I also included in there, like just daily little like style tip inspirations, just to say like, if you do want to get dressed today, like if you do want to wash your hair today, which you don't have to, but if you want to, like maybe wear something floral or oh. one day, like, Maybe like it. wear stripes today. Like, again, it just goes to like giving structure, like telling, I need somebody to tell me what to do because my brain is overloaded with all the things. Just make it easy. Give me a roadmap of little things I can do to like spread joy for others mm -hmm. and myself. And we'll just do it for seven days and just see how we feel. I love this. The, I'm, I'm over here. I, you can probably hear it through the, the speaker, but I'm smiling because I'm just like so excited and I've needed, this is going to be such a perfect timing with, which we hadn't even talked about this timing, but this is going to be such perfect timing with me taking a week off because I can literally just do this and I can use next week to completely reset myself. And um, not a whole lot of life and business is moving very quickly right now. So it's just perfect. I'm, I'm so excited. You're a rock star for putting this together. I think this oh, is so cool. You're so sweet. And it's like, you know, I think for us women, it's for anybody, like whether women or men, really, mm -hmm. if you're single, married, a mom, like if you're a grandma, like whatever your walk of life is, we can always be doing things that help us pursue our best selves. And they don't have to be massive. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like living an intentional life doesn't have to be complicated. It can it be the little things. I agree. I think the little things can be the biggest difference. You always talk about moving the needle and it's just like, what are those little tiny things that you can put together every day that make a big difference? Love that. Yes. Well, thank you so much for coming on here. Is there any other Jansen knowledge that you just want to drop on people? I was going to give you that opportunity if you had anything else you wanted to share. Oh man. Um, I think really I want each woman to know more than anything that there is something unique in you mm -hmm. like that there is there has never been and will never be someone with the unique combination of skills gifts abilities knowledge um story i think our story while and you you shared this at weepful woman mm -hmm. your story while like it it changed you but you are using it mm -hmm. you know and like i think we all have things in our past that like we wish were different or parts of us that we wish might not be there, but ultimately like that unique makeup, that combination is what makes us who we are. And that can be used on purpose for a purpose if we let it. Mm -hmm. And so I just always want to like, if, if I could sit across from a woman, like have a cup of coffee with her, I would just like, I, I would just want to pour back into her. Like, here's what I see. That's so great about you. Like yes. that's what I think we all should be doing with each other is like, let I me agree. tell you what I see in you that makes you great. And yes. so maybe just a challenge for all of us to do that a little bit more that like, 
even if you're afraid somebody's going to call you out and be like, okay, like whatever, crazy, like whatever, they're not your people. But we need more people in life who are just willing to walk up to that woman at Starbucks and be like, girl, you are killing that dress today. Yes. Oh, I love to do that. It's like one of my favorite things is to compliment people in their outfits. And you know, there are going to be some women who are like, um, uh, okay. Like, Mm -hmm. and you know what? Like, I'm not mad at you. You just weren't ready for that. And you don't prioritize authenticity or just like that beauty the way that Mm -hmm. I do. And so, Mm -hmm. but nine times out of 10, that woman, you're going to make her day. Mm -hmm. And so like, what would our life be like if we were willing to tell strangers, whether on the internet or in person, what is great about them? I love that. Yes. Let's start sharing that goodness. I love that idea. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. We're going to do the seven day intentional challenge together. And we're just going to start just dropping positivity left and right. Positivity bombs, boom, left and right. And, and next week's, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. So I will put the link for people to sign up in the show notes so that they can just click on the episode and scroll down and you guys can click through. If you guys want to do this seven day intentional challenge with us, do it with us. Um, you can sign up and Jansen's going to drop an email in our inbox every day next week to do this. I'm so excited. This is going to be great. Thank you for coming on here. Thank you for dropping all of your Jansen knowledge. Thank you for sharing your heart with us. Um, This was such a good conversation. I think a lot of us needed to hear what you had to say today and during this time. So thank you for being a light in all of this and for just bringing energy and joy. I've got to figure out what we're going to bring you on next for. I loved having you on here. So we're going to have to go back to the drawing board and figure out what we want to talk about next. Thank you for having me. This has been so much fun and I can't, I can't wait for the challenge with you. Yes. All right, guys. We'll reach out if you have any questions, let us know. Will you go ahead and share what is your personal um, Instagram handle so that people, if they want to follow you, they can. Yes. So my personal is just Jansen Miller. I'm also over at Emerge Church Solutions. Perfect. Awesome. So you guys can find her there. I'm super excited about our, what you just ended with is going to kind of segue into the next episode that I'm going to have for you guys and talking about how our stories, uh, they don't define us, but they are a part of our story and we can use that to grow stronger and put more good into the world. So I'm excited that leads right into the next guest. So you guys stay tuned and thank you again, Jansen. This was awesome and we'll talk soon. That sounds great. Okay. Bye guys. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Loving This Life podcast. It is because of people like you tuning in each episode that Loving This Life has a purpose. If you like what you hear, please be sure to subscribe and leave us a review. This is how we spread the love and reach more amazing people like you. I also want to say a special thank you to Ella Reed. She so graciously shared her empowering and uplifting song, Walk On, for us to use on the podcast. And lastly... Remember to wake up each day being confident with who you are, but also love yourself enough to change for the better. Peace, y'all.